Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic medium and spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. Um, on today's episode, we're discussing how you can protect yourself from other people's energy. So stick around as I spill the supernatural tea. So how do you protect yourself from other people's energy? Um, well, it just really depends. Um, it's, it's not as easy as most people think it is. Um, and it does take work and it does take effort. And, and it takes being aware of what you are doing, how you're reacting to the environment around you. Um, I was recently watching an episode. It was a YouTube video um, from Matt Diavila. I don't know if you guys know who Matt is, but he's this really cute guy on YouTube who does a lot of videos about minimalism and also um, does videos on self-help and self-awareness and just trying to get the most out of your life. But uh, in one recent episode on his YouTube channel, he had a guest, Jason Zook, um, and I actually know Jason. Jason's a pretty awesome guy. And they were talking about how to stop giving a fuck. Um, and the, the purpose of the video was simply to to understand and get better at not caring so much about what other people think about you. Um, and this is something that I personally have struggled for a very long time, especially in my earlier years. I think I'm a lot better at it now. But when I was younger, I really did struggle with this area. Um, and it, it reminds me of Oprah and her her disease to please um uh, saying where we all grow up and we all tend to have this disease to please where we want to make other people happy we do it at our own expense we end up sacrificing our own um self help self self health and the process so it's it's not this simple uh thing where you can just become aware of when you're caring too much or when you're becoming too a Affected by other people's opinions or other people's of reactions to you, it's much deeper than that. And usually, it's something that is established or that is um, rooted in uh, in you when you are a child. For me, that's exactly what um, it was about. I remember growing up. Uh, first of all, I didn't have a father. My father wasn't in the picture, and I all I only had my mom. And so I had cousins and uncles and aunts and and whatnot. But I never really felt like I belonged. I never really felt like I was appreciated, like I was loved, like I was I was um, desired to be in people's lives. I never really felt 100% like I belonged. And my way of trying to deal with that was to basically get people to like me, get people to love me. And to and, and the only way that I knew that I, could, that I could do that was to do things for them. I think I learned this from my mother, actually. Now that I'm talking about it, I think back to my mom. And she was just like this. She used to do things for other people. She would buy them stuff, give them stuff. Um, and that's actually one of the issues we have with my mom today we can never really buy her you know really nice things because she ends up giving it away I remember buying her an entire living room set full of furniture and within a few years all of those pieces were gone and she had given them away to other people um, and they were perfectly fine it's just you know she wanted to be liked she wanted to be um, appreciated so we can never really buy her those nice things that we we desire or we want to buy her just to show her gratitude or just to you know gift her something and I believe that I've I 
design, I established myself in the same way. I began doing favors for people. I began doing stuff just to get them to like me. Um, I, used, I remember going to my aunt's house when I was younger and every time I'd go over, I knew that there was something that needed to be done because her house either, either wasn't organized. She had a lot going on. She hadn't gotten around to cleaning or dusting or whatever. So I would go and I would clean and um, dust her home for her and I always got appreciation I always got you know oh mijo thank you so much and she was so loving and so giving um, and she would really pamper me after I did those things but it was never something that she would just do on her own it, it was always uh, in an effort to to you know appreciate me for something I'd done for her so I'd gotten used to doing that in my own life and it became a very bad habit over many many years um, I believe and from what I understand through my own spiritual studies, that we as people, as human beings, you know, if you take us out of our human bodies, we're just spiritual beings in physical form. And when we decided to come down into this place, into this reality, this physical reality, we gave up a lot of things. We chose to give up a lot of things um, in order for us to experience and to understand life through our unique perspective, through our personality, through our um, unique form. We needed to detach and pull away and disconnect from that which we had before we limited ourselves and before we limited ourselves we were god we were whole we were complete we were aware of all that was uh, and so in order for us to come down into life we had to say okay well i'm going to forget who i am i'm going to limit myself to this very individuated very unique focused um, personality and I'm going to experience life through this personality so that way I can ex experience and understand and, and know some of the things that I'm desiring to know. So we disconnected ourselves from the divine, from the greater self, from God, if you will, in order to be able to make that happen. Um, in the process of doing that, um, we forgot that we were gods. We forgot that we were these enormous spiritual beings we forgot that we were connected to everything and that there is no there is no there is really no limitation to anything there is no um lack there is no scarcity but we forgot that because we gave ourselves amnesia to come down to this place so that we could live through our own unique perspective so i'm going to talk more about that in just a few moments So our separation from God, I believe, is what really has instilled within us this sense of disconnect, this sense of wanting to belong, wanting to feel connected to everyone else. But being here in the physical world, everyone's unique, everyone's different, and we've all forgotten who we really are. And that's a problem because what that leads to is it leads to a huge disconnect between all of us. And we don't truly have that ability to unite and to become one and to um to to bond in a way that we have bonded in our purest state in our godly state in our heavenly state so i think that that has that separation from god has imbued um it really has imbued and and forced us to have to find ways of coping with that separation because once we are born into our bodies we're you know we are children we're, we're babies being born into the world we're brand new in, in essence and so we have to find a way to cope and to to 
survive um, in this physical separation. So I think a lot of children over time, they develop these coping mechanisms, they develop these habits that will help them to feel some sort of connection to something. Um, for myself, it was connection to other people by doing things for them to get a sense of appreciation, to get love from them. Other people, they connect with stories or they will connect with a following or a, um, a, a, a trend or they will connect with you know all of these uh, conversations happening on social media nowadays. So it's almost like people were really quick to jump into something and like embrace and become a part of something because they want to, it's a desire to want to belong. And I think a lot of us do this with our families, you know, our families, if we, if that's all we know coming up as children, we, we don't know anything but that. And we want to feel connected. We want to feel like we belong. We want to feel like we're loved. So many of us in our own families, we will change ourselves. We'll identify with our parents. We'll identify with siblings. We'll identify with other members of our family so that we can feel like we belong so that we feel like you know our 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 um our position our place in their lives matters um and it's it's i mean to some extent that could bring about a lot of rewards that can bring about a lot of cooperation because it's i think cooperation is healthy right i mean in order for us to get anything done nowadays we have to cooperate with each other um and i think that's one of the biggest issues we're running into nowadays with the, the political scene and with what's going on in the u.s we're not cooperating to do anything together we're just fighting and we've turned each other into enemies um but to to try to survive as children it's so easy to just do what others want us to do to do what others expect us to do to do what others want for us um, and in the process we condition ourselves and we become the product of what other people want and that's not fair and it's not gonna allow us to be authentic and that's not going to help us to have authentic love it's more of a i'm gonna give to you and you're gonna give to me this is what i'm gonna give to you and you're gonna give to me this and it's more of a give and take give and take relationship versus you know having unconditional love having unconditional acceptance um the unconditional love and the unconditional acceptance that's what we experience on a spiritual high vibrational level when we're in the spirit form and we're in godly form but here in the physical form we're just so disconnected we don't even realize that so i think that in, in becoming children and learning these habits we um we are always dealing with this ongoing sense of rejection and abandonment um and it's a theme that we all have to deal with in some way or another um and it's it's not easy and it's not something that is very obvious to us because the way that we live as people, the way that we live as personalities, we just uh, acclimate, we adapt, and it becomes the norm. It becomes what is normal. Um, and that's why I think we care so much why what other people think about us and why they think certain things about us. Um, and this is where it gets tricky because when you begin to identify, when you begin to understand that you're doing this and you're aware of it, then it becomes this back and forth struggle where you're trying to find yourself. You're trying to be as real and as authentic as you can. But at the same time, you don't want to be hated. You don't want to be rejected. You don't want to feel abandoned by your family, by um, people around you, um, by society. I think for me, one of the strongest, most 
powerful lessons in my life and, and, and experiences that I had that helped me to start to shift away from this desire and this need to please was when I came out. When I realized that I was gay and that I was different and that I wasn't acceptable in society and what society deemed as normal, I had to make a decision. I had to make a choice. Was I going to become what others wanted me to become just to make everybody else happy and in the process rejecting myself or was I going to embrace what was happening within me? These changes, these feelings, was I going to embrace that and start to work towards making peace with that within myself? And the choice for me was clear. For other people, it's not so simple. It's not so clear because for them, making such a choice would basically force them to become um, completely removed. It would cause them to be banished and banned from the the life that they know. Um, they would be rejected by their families. So for some, it's not such a simple decision to make. For me, I'm so happy that I had a, a loving mother and I had people around me who were willing to be there for me, even if I, even if if, if others were sh- were shunning me or were closing their doors on me. So I'm glad I had that because that was at least a foundation. Those were roots that I could use to kind of grow from. Um, but other people don't don't have the luxury of that. So I think I, in that I was very blessed. Um, and I think to, to, to the extent, I think that's where, you know, it's important to understand what toxic vulnerability is versus a healthy vulnerability, um, because it's important that we practice vulnerability in our lives. I mean, the reason why I was able to come out was because I chose to be vulnerable. I chose to be authentic. I chose to embrace who I was. And in that I had to expose myself. I had to reveal myself as I understood myself as, as, as I was accepting myself. So I had to be vulnerable, but many times people, find themselves being vulnerable in a very toxic way. Um, In other words, if someone calls us out on something or if someone claims something about us and it's a tactic to get control of us, we allow ourselves to be subjected to that um, sense of control. We allow ourselves to be manipulated in that way. And so we're being vulnerable in a very toxic way. Um, That's very different from being vulnerable in a way where you're revealing yourself, you're being honest about yourself, you're being authentic and you're sharing yourself in a way that is important, but you are not going to accept certain conditions that come along with that from the other party. Like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. I would love to be appreciated. I would love to be accepted by you. But if you don't accept me, then screw you. I'm fine. I don't need you in my life. Um, And that's, I think, more of a healthy vulnerability because you've made peace with yourself. You've embraced yourself and you're willing to, you're willing to make a point about it. Um, Toxic, you know, vulnerability is, you know, oh no, I, you know, hey, I'm gay. Well, you're going to go to hell and you can't be part of this family unless you change your ways. Well, then I'm going to do what I have to do and I'm going to turn away from this and I'm going to try to, you know, pray the gay away and I'm going to, you know, and that's toxic vulnerability. That's you allowing yourself to be vulnerable, but then you are essentially becoming controlled and you're allowing how others are reacting to you to manipulate and to affect you in a way where you adapt to them instead of asking others to adapt to you and who you authentically are. So there's there's a difference there. Um, and it's very prevalent in family and in friendships um, in regards to this. So sometimes, you know, being ourselves 
isn't meant to hurt people. It isn't meant to to cause people harm. It isn't um, meant to 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 affect others in a negative way. So being vulnerable like that and exposing yourself and revealing yourself to people, it isn't meant to hurt other people. But um, what tends to happen is sometimes when it does, then we um, we change ourselves to accommodate those other people. We change ourselves to make those other people happy. And it becomes a pattern, it becomes a behavior, and it becomes an ongoing, um, it becomes an ongoing uh, habit, a bad habit. And that's I think what Oprah's talked about over the years, this disease to please, wanting to do for others so that they would love you or so that they would accept you. Um, I th- There's this one particular story I'm, I remember that happened recently where I had a client and she was um, entering into a new relationship with this guy. Um, they actually got off on a really good they got off on a really great start they were doing um pretty good but um he he had a very um demanding job and so there uh, one day she was texting him and asked him hey would you mind you know hey do you want to spend time together i want to see you etc etc um and his, his response was you know yeah that might that that sounds like a good idea that sounds like a plan you know i might be available this evening i don't know i have to wait and see what my schedule looks like with my clients but i definitely think we can make time on wednesday which was like a few days away um and she just took that so to heart she was so you know disturbed and, and and heartbroken because she felt as if it was a rejection, as if the person she was dating was basically saying, you know, mm, no, I don't really want to see you and I don't really want to go out of my way to dis- inconvenience myself for you and I don't really want to change my day and I don't want to do this to for you or for us and it's not important you're not important enough to me to want to see you today and that's the way she received it but that may not have been the way it was meant I mean if he had a very demanding job he might need some downtime he might need some time to recoup himself he might be really tired he may not be very communicative you know I know whenever I'm done working I don't really want to talk to anybody I don't really want to deal with people so I'm very much of a quiet person after I'm done working and I usually just want to, I mean, I can text, texting is one thing, but you know, spending time with somebody, talking to somebody, et cetera, that does take a hit. I know many times my partner, you know, he takes the hit because I spend so much time talking to people throughout the day in my business. So it's, it's hard because people can see that as a form of rejection, even though it's not meant to be a form of rejection. And I think that's where we are so conditioned and we're so used to taking other people's decisions and, and the things that they want to do for themselves in a healthy way they, we take that and we use it against ourselves. We use it to to, to um, affirm to ourselves that we are rejected, we are not loved, that we are not good enough. So I think that's a big, big, big issue in our society these days. And a lot of people, when they go into relationships, um, especially new relationships, they have all these expectations. But the one thing that they want to receive is this continuous, um, intense, ongoing uh reaction from the other person that is basically telling them, I love you. I love you. I love you. The most important thing to me in my life, you are loved. You are not rejected. You are welcomed here. I, you know, that's what they want to hear, but they will use whatever they are hearing in a way to, to validate and to affirm to themselves what they already believe about themselves, that they are not loved, that they are not worthy of love and that they're, um, the things cannot be in a way where, um, it can be healthy. You know, so it's really sad, but I think that's a huge issue that we struggle with as people um, and dealing with relationships, friendships and families um, now than more, more than ever.
So in my opinion, I think that it really comes down to um, being offended by people's nature versus toxic energy. And that's what I was trying to convey with the story about my client and the person that she was dating, the guy that she was dating. Um, You know, people's nature, you know, I sometimes don't want to do something. Um, I've gotten so good at saying no or saying, I'm sorry, but I'm not interested in doing that. Or I'm overextended. I can't take that on. Um, people sometimes don't like that. They think, Oh, well, Fernie's an asshole, you know, or Fernie, he's not going to help with this, or he's not going to help with that. People sometimes don't like me because I say no. Um, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with that. I'm okay. <laughs> I've actually made peace with the idea that I am an asshole. So I've made peace with the idea of that. Um, and actually making peace with the idea that I'm an asshole gives me the ability to be as direct and as honest and as blunt and upfront as I want to be because that's not how I am all the time. I'm only like that when I have to be, when I have to make a point or I have to get something across in a way that people will respect. Um, most of the time, I'm pretty, I'm pretty mellow. I'm pretty chill. I love people. I love helping people. I, I love doing for people, but it's a choice. It's not something that I feel, um, forced to do. It's something that I feel it is a choice for me, whether I do it or not. Um, and some people find that offensive. Some people are offended by me saying no, or by me, you know, choosing something over something else. And that's okay. You know, I, it's not like I'm intentionally trying to reject or to say to these people, I don't love you. You're not good enough for me, et cetera. I'm not saying that I'm just simply acknowledging who I am, what I need for myself. And I'm being authentic to myself. Um, now being intentionally toxic to other people, that's a different story. If I want to be nasty or I want to be like aggressive or attackative to other people, that's a different story. And that is something that I am working on myself because, you know, going from, this disease to please mode to say no, it is a really tricky balance to have because some days my nose don't come out as nose. Sometimes my nose come out in a way where I am not being kind. I am not being compassionate and I am not being, um, as, as, um, as loving and as, um, um, considerate of the other person as I should. Um, sometimes I am aware that I am not the way that I need to be, but it, it takes practice because saying no without having to, you know, lash out is a tricky, um, type rope to walk because once you start saying no and you get comfortable saying no, it kind of becomes an addiction because you have so much more control over your life. You have so much control control and power over your well-being, over the conditions that you um, enter into with dealing with anyone or any situation. Um, but it also, there's an anger that rises up because once you start to realize you have all this power and control over your life and you can actually say no and it's okay, um, sometimes you start to realize that some people have really been taking advantage of you, have really been using you, have really been... Um, um, you uh, just sucking you dry like a vampire in other words like an energy vampire sucking you dry and um and then what happens is we want to become aggressive we want to like lash out we want to lash back because we're tired we're frustrated we're fucking you know over it so we become a little more aggressive and not so considerate and not so nice and not so kind now yes okay sometimes you do have to put your foot down and you do have to come across in that way but you know you can learn how to do that without being nasty you can learn how to do that without being 
a complete dick. And for me, that is a, a lesson that I'm still learning, that I'm still working through myself because now that I feel so empowered, now that I feel so um, strong and now that I feel so in control of my life, my life is not based on other people's opinions. My life is not based on other people's um, perspective or um, what their views are about me or who I should be or how I should be. Um, it's not about that. It's about me just being myself, being you know who I authentically feel I need to be, and then that's it. And if people take that offensively, I'm sorry. It doesn't I don't mean to be that way. Um, but it's it, it, at some point sometimes I, I gotta watch. I gotta I gotta take it back of steps because I don't want to lash out or I don't want to be overly aggressive or overly not only just put my foot down but put my foot in it you know so um I think that's where um it's about people trying to control or change uh, you for themselves where sometimes people are asking you for something they're just asking you okay uh, yes or no doesn't have to be either way but sometimes people want you to change for them they want you to adjust to them they want you to adapt to them um and that's when you have to put your foot down that's when you have to say no i i'm not willing to do that for you in relationships yeah you you do have to learn to work with each other and cooperate with each other to achieve things together as as a couple but many times um people will change themselves for someone in relationships they as soon as they enter the relationship they get super happy they get super um, excited. They feel loved. They feel a lack of judgment. They feel an overwhelming sense of acceptance. And that usually happens in that first two or three months of a relationship. And I call that the honeymoon period of a relationship because people are not really being real or authentic. They're just being their ideal version of themselves. They're not they're trying to kind of hold back some of the issues or some of the stuff that they struggle with because they want to be accepted. They want to be loved. So as soon as they jump into the relationship, they start to, you know, they start to feel all of these incredible feelings and emotions and they feel happy and excited. There's a reason to smile every day. Um, and then once reality hits, once shit gets real, which is usually around that two to three month period, then people start to, you know, they start to do the, the give and take game where I'm going to give you this. What are you going to give me back? I'm going to give you this. What are you going to give me back? And to some extent, that's healthy. It's necessary because you have to understand how you're going to work with each other and cooperate with each other to achieve something together, especially in a, in a, in a long-term relationship or a serious relationship. But I know a lot of people, including myself who over, you know, over, over many relationships, you just, you start to become a chameleon and you transform yourself. You change yourself to become what that person wants you to become. Um, I think in my last relationship, I almost lost myself because of this issue. Um, and it's more about accepting. Um, it, it was about accepting myself and, um, valuing my uniqueness and style. And I think that's what brought me out of it. I think that's what helped me to recover because I had to, I had to get to, it got to a place where the issues in the relationship were already, you know, those were the issues, but where was, what role did I play? What hand did I play? And that took some work for me to understand that. But then it came down to, after I got that out of the way, it came down to realizing, you know, am I accepting myself? Am I at peace with myself? Do I accept my uniqueness or do I want to be what that person wants me to be? Because I don't want to lose that opportunity to be loved. I don't want to lose that opportunity to have that person in my life, to have this type of relationship. Um, and it took a while for me to kind of get to that place. And I, I'm, I'm actually grateful for my, my current relationship, my, my partnership with Ed, because, um, I think he made it easy to accept myself. Um, and to love myself and to be myself. Um, now there are things about me. I'm sure he cannot stand and get on his nerves, but that's with any relationship, you know, that's separate from, I'm going to change myself to, to be who you want me to be. I'm going to be somebody else. Um, because I feel like that, 
that somebody else will be able to receive love, will have the relationship that they desire. And, and I want to be in that kind of a situation where I have love and I have connection and I don't lose it. Um, this reminds me of a story. Um, this reminds me of a, a conversation that I was having with my friend, Sandra Logan. Uh, Sandra Logan's a well-known psychic in Houston. She also does some radio work. But um, she comes from a, a, a class of psychics and, and mediums where, you know, if you're going to be in the in the public view, if you're going to be, you know, on TV or on radio, um, you don't share all the stuff that is happening in your life. You don't share yourself with people on that level. You just act in a professional manner and you connect with people, you do the work and that's it. Like you don't really share more than that. Um, and that was really hard for me because I, when, when I heard that, I had already been conditioned and trained through the Starbucks mentality where everything is, you know, professional, everything is proper, everything is done the way it's supposed to be done. But you kind of get over that. You kind of get over this, I want to do everything by the book. I want to do everything the way it's supposed to be done or the way people think it's supposed to be done. Um, I was getting really over that part of my life where it was being something for someone else or for others and not for myself. And I felt that that was just going to be a continuation of the, that cycle. Um, and so for me, when I do my videos, when I do these podcasts, I'm pretty, I'm pretty raw and I'm pretty unfiltered, which is the, the, the reason why this is called raw and unfiltered. But um, I, I'm pretty um, open about a lot of the things in my life. And I want to be because I want people to understand who I am and, and where I am and, and what's going on inside of me. And I want to be able to share that in a way where people can relate to that. Um, but you know, my work is my work, but then I am who I am as well. And I think I have something to offer, not just the work that I do, not just the service that I provide for people, but I think I have personally something to offer people. I think through sharing my journey, through sharing what I've gone through and what I have experienced and what I've learned, I feel that I can better, um, give people an opportunity to understand themselves and to to find their own sense of peace and happiness. So for me to hold back those situations in my life that have transformed me, to hold back all of that for me doesn't work because I want to be able to give everybody enough so that they can use it to their advantage. So this whole be professional and don't share overly share about yourself and don't curse and don't do this and don't do that, that's an older um, perspective. That's an older uh, mindset. Not that I don't appreciate that, not that that doesn't have its place. I definitely think that it has its place. I think, in, especially in politics, people need to hold a certain standard People have to have a certain, um, um, hold a certain, um, what I would call a model. There needs to be a model there. And people who are in religious beliefs, like the Pope, they need to hold to the values. They need to hold, they need to set the example from that perspective, from that point of view. Um, I'm not the Pope and I'm not the president. I'm Fernie and I'm a professional psychic medium, a spiritual teacher, but I'm also a human being. And I think the reason why I'm able to connect with people and to share and to give them so much is because I embrace that I am a human being and I'm not perfect. I don't always do things the right way um, or the best way. And I learn, I'm still learning, but at the same time, I, because I am able to share because of that. I, a lot of people have been helped by that. So for me, it's like, eh, I want to give them an additional layer of what I can give them aside from just the service that I'm able to perform. So I really appreciated Sandra's view on that because I understand where she's coming from. I understand that in the past, you know, that's the way it was done. But for me, it's just a very different model nowadays. And I, I, I love people like Gary Vee 
and um, um, RuPaul. And I love people who are just blunt and honest and direct about um, where they are and what they represent and what they what what they connect with. I mean, it really I really can, can bond with that. So. I think that's something that we could all benefit from is just being authentic. Even if authentic is being, you know, this, this, um, perfectly, um, manicured version of yourself. If you connect with that, if that's you, then do that. You know, that's what you want for yourself. Um, if, if your version of yourself is different than that, then be that, do that as well. And it really comes down to a personal choice and who you choose to be, who you want to be. And I think that's the most important thing. So how do you um, stop giving a fuck? That's that's the question, right? You guys were like, okay, well, you know, hey, you've told us what your journey was, but like, what can we do, right? And it comes down to that. Um, I think it's important to share with people what they can do to change their lives, to transform themselves in a way that is more aligned with their true purpose, their true calling, and also with their authentic self, because you can't do anything. Um, you can't fulfill your purpose. You can't do the things that you are needing to do and and meant to do in life unless you're being authentic and you are connected to yourself in a very pure way. That's what I believe. That's why some people I believe never really feel like they're fulfilling their purpose because they aren't as authentic with themselves or with the world that as they need to be. So, so how do you stop giving a fuck? Here are your takeaways. The first thing that I would recommend that you do is you learn to accept yourself. Um, that is not an easy thing to do. Obviously, it's taken me years to learn to accept myself, but you need to learn to value your unique style and make peace with who you authentically are. That's going to take practice. It's going to take time. But the way you do that is anytime you have the opportunity and you have a choice to make, whether it's something you choose for you or whether it's you something you choose for others um, or what others would want for you, I would always suggest you choose what you authentically want for yourself, even if it can cause others pain or struggle because what you're doing at that point is you are conditioning yourself, you are reconditioning yourself and you're kind of taking it back and reacclimating to this environment in a new way. You're adapting in a new way. You're learning a new coping mechanism for being here. You know, here in the physical world, we're only here for so much time. As soon as my life is done here, I'm going to be right back into our heavenly state, into our godly state. And none of these things will be issues for me. So as of right now, you know, while I'm still here, I need to accept myself. And I suggest you do the same thing. So it's all about making peace with who you authentically are by looking at all your quirks and all the things that you, you know, are you that are unique to you that nobody else has making peace with that and accepting it and just trying to see how, how amazing that is. Because there is something to be said about, you know, people's unique personalities. There's something to be said about people's quirkiness and, you know, oh, that person's really goofy or that person's really silly that person's really I think one of the things that I love about friends is Lisa Kudrow because her character is such this weird character that's just eccentric and out there but they love her as as the character I love her character because she's just crazy but she's okay and everybody accepts that I love that um so I definitely think accepting yourself um, is an important trait and an important skill to start to practice um another thing that I would suggest you do is to 
not take everything so personally. Um, there's a difference between people's nature versus a toxic attack. Not everybody who criticizes you, not everybody who says something um, to you or to critiques your your stuff, they don't. They're not out to attack you. They're not out to 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 get back at you or whatever. Um, I actually just had a situation a few days ago where we have a gentleman in the neighborhood who is a handyman, and he goes around does work for people, etc yard work etc um i had hired him to come out and do some work for me and he no showed and he actually no showed twice and that was actually the third no show that he um he did with us because we tried hired him hiring him last year and same thing happened so um he was promoting himself on the uh, next door app and i decided to go on there and people were giving him you know props for the work that he did i decided to give him no props i decided to call him out on what he was doing because i noticed that he was doing it with a lot of other people and so the only thing that has been expressed online or on the next door um, app was how amazing he was but nobody was sharing their experience with him that wasn't so pleasant or wasn't so enjoyable um, and a lot of people I know how I felt but a lot of people were feeling the same way I was so I was like you know what I'm just gonna share what my experience was and even though I was really aggressive and even though I was very much um very, very uh, meticulous in the wording that I used, but I was being very abrasive and I was being aggressive because sometimes people are not going to take you seriously. And I had seen how he reacted to somebody else's critique because I wasn't the first one to critique. Somebody else critiqued. He reacted in a way that basically just was like, well, you're the problem. You're the issue. I'm fine. And it, you know, you're just going to have to find somebody else because it obviously didn't work between us. But I was like, you don't blame somebody else for what you're doing for your issues or your mistakes. You need to take responsibility. You need to be accountable for yourself. And so I came in there and I said, look, this is what this actually is. And yada, yada, yada. And this became this long conversation with other people in the neighborhood. But it was literally about being accountable to yourself. If you're going to offer a service, if you're going to do something um, in a way that is supposed to benefit other people and people have not gotten that from you and it's becoming a regular occurrence with a lot of people, then you you need to be accountable and you need to be aware of that. Um, and so that for me, me critiquing, me kind of sharing that, my experience and, you know, kind of giving a review in essence, um, it was important because there was no way he was going to realize or know what he was doing or not doing unless it was called out, unless it was made. And But he took it as a personal attack because the way he reacted was more like, you know, y'all are all making me feel like I'm the demon or I'm evil or I'm a carn artist, you know, blah, 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 blah. So he took it really personally and he went more into a personal um, place with it, even though this was more about his work. And I even stated, you know, I have no personal issues with you. I have no issues with you as a person. My issue is with your business and what you, the way you work the way you are running your business, the way that you are promoting yourself in this way when this hasn't been the experience of myself or other people in the neighborhood. Um, so it's it's there's a difference between being personally um, attacked by people and just having people be the way that they are with you. So you have to find the difference between between the two. And I would suggest you see that difference with family and with friends or with relationships because I think that's where it's going to matter the most. So if someone doesn't want to spend their evening with you, 
really think about that. Are they rejecting you? Are they doing it because they hate you because they don't like you and because they want to stay away from you? Or are they doing it because they're being themselves and they're acknowledging what their needs are, but you are personalizing it and taking it as a personal attack on you. So really look at that. Um, and I think a lot of times within the media and also like now with, with politics and all the stuff that's going on in the world, we personalize a lot of stuff that's going on when sometimes it's not so personal. So sometimes, you know, critiquing, criticizing, um, someone sharing a review. I have reviews on my, um, Yelp and so forth. I don't have a lot, but I have a couple of reviews, a few reviews of people, you know, critiquing the service that they got or not being so happy. Majority of my reviews are positive, but there's a few on there where people didn't enjoy the experience. And, um, unfortunately, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. They didn't like it. They didn't enjoy it. It wasn't their style. Okay. So be it. You know, I did what I needed to do to try to make amends or to try to make it right when it was warranted. But if someone didn't like me, someone don't like me. It's okay. It's not personal. It is what it is, right? That's what the review systems are all about. Um, if you are attacked, consider the, uh, consider the energy it takes to defend yourself and whether there's a purpose served by giving a damn and responding or confronting the individual. So if somebody's going to come for you, um, do you really need to defend yourself? If it's someone that is not justified in their opinion, they don't necessarily, um, they, 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 don't represent authentic um, information or the authentic you. They're just kind of coming at you because they want to come at you. Is it worth you defending yourself? Is it worth you coming back at them um, and, 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 making them aware of your position and really think about it when it is worth your time and when it isn't. There have been times where I've gotten some really nasty, um, shitty emails from people because I didn't say what they wanted me to say, or I didn't sh tell them something they were wanting me to say to them, but I was going to say what I needed to say and what I was feeling, what I was, what was authentic and true for myself, but they didn't like that. And so there have been times where I've gotten some really crappy emails from people and I didn't respond because I'm not going to sit there and try to teach this people or, 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 get them to change their opinion. I'm not going to sit there and try to get them to change their opinion because that's their opinion. Um, and it, just because they are saying this and this and this about me, it doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that's their opinion. Um, so sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it's not. If someone is going around saying false things about you and they're telling everybody and their mama, yeah, you should speak up. You should say, hey, I don't know what this person's problem is, but this is how I understand things to be. This is my situation. Um, but sometimes some people are just going to lash out at you or come at you and it's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. And it's only it's going to take more from you to react or to respond to them. Um, many times I hear in relationships that people will become someone they don't want to become because they are defending themselves or they're having to 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 act in a way that is um correcting the other person's behavior the other person's um um be uh actions and words and all that other stuff. So they're having to defend themselves and it takes so much energy, so much time. And sometimes it's not really worth it. So really think about whether it's worth it or not in some of these instances. Um, all criticisms are not attack. Use them to refine your habits, not your sense of self. There have been some few times, a few times where someone critiqued me or my work or something I was doing. And I was like, you know, they might have a point. Now I didn't like hearing it. I don't like hearing people critiquing me. I don't like standing there and having people, you know, say what they want to say. But if someone says something that has a ring uh, and uh, some truth to it, 
I will take it and I will use it to improve or to refine myself in a way so that I can not have to repeat that issue or repeat that mistake again. Um, This specifically happened with me with my e-readings where when I first started doing e-readings and offering e-readings as a service for people, it was just text. So it was basically, you know, they email me their questions and I would email the response. I would respond back in email form, which is a text, text form. Um, But I had one client where she had experienced an an in-person session with me and she didn't feel that the e reading was on the same level or that she felt as much of a connection the way that um, she had connected with me in person. So she emailed me, she she critiqued the e-reading and she gave me some her some of her own personal opinions, but she also made a pretty valid point, which is if people aren't feeling that connection through the text form, um, then you know maybe I need to do something to give them more of a connection to me. So that actually caused me to create the video e-readings where people can actually have me respond to them and their questions in in video form so they can see me they can hear what i'm saying they can hear it how i'm saying it instead of reading text that doesn't have a personality text that doesn't have any sense of a feeling or vibe to it so for me i think that was the way that i um improved my e-reading service is because I listened to a critique, I took it to heart and I thought about it and I said, how can I make this better? Because I don't want this person's experience to be a repeat. So then I made the changes. And not only that, but when I made the changes, that's when it got me offering video calls as well. And so now I do video calls for people, not just phone calls. Um, So it really helped to improve my business and it really helped to improve myself and my service um, and allowed me to, to make it better. So not all opinions, not all critiques um, from people are, are a waste because sometimes you need to hear what you need to hear. Um, and in this instance, it was something that really helped me. So I would say you do the same thing. If someone does critique you, like someone at, like your boss at work and they're justified, they have a reason to say that, don't go huffing and puffing and getting pissed off and saying, well, my boss is evil and they're a horrible person and they're a horrible boss just because they wanted you to clock in on time. You know, don't personalize it and turn it into a personal attack. Maybe you need to look at your shit, fix your shit, and then they won't have that same critique if it is something justifiable. Thanks for energetically tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, then like, share, and review my show on your podcast listening platform. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and check out my website, www.fernandamarone.com for additional content, updates, articles, and more. Till next time, kiddos, and be sure to have yourselves a namaste. Namaste.